Welcome to the Ghosties Podcast. I'm Christina, a psychic medium. And I'm Missy, a medium in training. We are besties who look for ghosties. Join us as we go on our paranormal investigations, ghost hunting trips, and crossing over earthbound spirits along the way. This is Ghosties. Hi, everybody. We are recording today. Yes. We're here with the little Logan. Yes. And with Missy. And I'm Christina. Yeah. If you hear grunting in the background, it's my little piglet eating. (laughs) My piglet, I mean Logan. We're trying to just keep him happy so that... Christina can do this amazing, like, show that we show. Show. Light camera action (laughs) that we have planned. Yeah. We're going to be talking today about what happens when we die. And this is purely from a medium's perspective. Yeah. And I know nothing about it other than what you've told me. Um, I'm still not ready. I mean, who's ready to die anytime soon? But, like, I'm still not comfortable with the thought of it. I know. Like, my boys and my husband. I know. And I'm just, I I can't. And speaking of that, this is a funny story that I'll tell you guys before we start. Um, And I told Missy this just a couple months ago. My um, my husband and I were talking just randomly about um, whether or not we wanted to be buried or cremated. And, um... I told my husband, I was like, I don't want to be buried. I don't like the idea of it. Just cremate me. And he was like, but I want to be buried with you. Are you saying that you know that you're going to go before me? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, and I, before I could even, you know, really respond, I was like, well, just cremate me and, you know, put me in the casket with you. And he was like, wait, wait, no. (laughs) Are you saying that you're going to go before me? No, no, no. He's like, you know something. I I was like, look. (laughs) I don't like the idea of being in a box. And he was like, well, who does? But it's kind of final, Christina. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. I can... Yeah, I don't... I don't know. I've not thought about either. Mm-hmm. Like, I know it... You know, my... Growing up with my grandparents, like, even now, my grandmother, it's big on them to go visit the cemetery at holidays yeah. and take flowers. And they all, you know, got their plots picked mm-hmm. out years ago which is just so sad to me yeah it's it's sad to be like hey when we die here this is where we want to be buried together which is yeah like why would you want to think about that you I know? know i know i know even like thinking about it now it's kind of a surreal thought but yeah. it's it's also something that all of us will experience at some point well every day i with my anxiety i'm like what if i die of driving over this bridge <sighs> what if i died from getting hit by a plane crash I don't know you know like yeah that's just anxiety so Mm -hmm. I probably should like hear more about it and like be comforted if you will yeah yeah I just can't imagine leaving well you know my kids but Mm -hmm. yeah I just yeah and then I think about like I don't want anybody to leave me either (laughs) (laughs) I'm not ready I I think that I mean I still have thoughts like that too um especially you know we don't have any children but you know, if the thought comes up, especially with COVID and everything, mm, um, right. you know, the thought or the concept of losing your spouse um, really came up this year for me, at least. Um, so, you know, with that, you know, I had some anxiety around Listen, that as well. I'm getting teary eyed thinking about it, so I got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I got to stop. <laughs> well, the purpose of this, um, you know, conversation today, um, 
I think has been really near and dear to my heart since we started the podcast. And it was something that we talked about, that this was one of the topics that we wanted to really discuss. Um, But we wanted to talk again today about what happens when we die. I think that before we start trigger warning, um, you know, we're going to be talking about death throughout this episode of the podcast. So if death is not your bag, if you're not curious, and if that triggers you, you might want to skip to the next episode. All right. Um, and I'm not here to insult anyone's religious beliefs. Um, this is only purely from my perspective as a medium and in the questions um, and consistencies that I've seen in readings and in talking to spirits. Um, but hopefully that this will kind of bring a little bit of comfort yeah. as to what the death process is like so that some of that fear, not just for us, but for you know you guys at home, some of that fear dissipates for you. Yeah. Um, so when I started doing readings, I started noticing some really big consistencies in what spirits would tell me. Um, usually after a reading finished, I would ask them if they could hang around for a minute um, because I had some questions specifically related to this topic if they were willing to answer. And most of them would stick around and talk oh, to wow. me afterwards. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah, That's everybody cool. I read, I say, hey, if you're open to it, stick around afterwards. Now that I I've helped questions. you. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta help me. You know, I always ask them, and, you know, sometimes they'll say, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'll leave. But most of them will stick around. And the two biggest consistencies that I saw when I would ask them this question, I would ask them, what was your death process like? And they would say it was seamless. It was like breathing in and out, blinking. One minute you're in your body, and then the next minute you're not. So it's just very quick. Um, They wanted to reiterate over and over again that the concepts and the, the understanding that most people have around organized religion, whether there be a heaven or a hell, they almost always start their conversation by saying there is no hell. Yeah. There is no hell there. I did like that when you said that before. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm not straight going to hell for all of my <laughs> boozing it up and, you know, yeah. 20 something years or 20, sorry, my years of my 20s. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. But they, they, over and over, they reiterated, you know, before we start our conversation with you, we want you to know there is no hell. And there is no scary God, you know, waiting on a throne to judge you as soon as you get there and decide whether or not to cast you out. They over and over again said, it does not work like that. Uh, We judge ourselves. So I thought that was interesting. I just imagined Ariel's father from... Little Mermaid, King, what was King Titan. Titan with was his, it, or Triton. Tri, was it, I thought it was Triton, yeah. but I, I didn't want to say that because I thought I was wrong. With his little thing. Yeah, know. his little scepter. Yeah, waiting. In Neptune's castle. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's no that. No, that doesn't happen? None of that. All right. Um, Thank God. It, I know, right? <laughs> Literally. So... Basically what happens is, um, and they said before, you know, I begin this big conversation, um, we will never have all the answers to exactly what happens to us. But I think I do have a pretty good understanding of the process of death. Um, So we've all heard about deathbed visions that our family members um, experience when they're in end of life care, hospice care. We've heard it, you know, on TV. People that are passing or in the process of passing will start saying, I see my mom, but you know that her mom died years ago. Um, And this is what my guides call the greeters or the family that come and sit bedside with family. Do you know of any directly? Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. Do you have any like direct stories of any of your 
I do. Me too. I was just a do yeah, you? Yeah. What's I mean, your story? Well, my um, my grandmother on my dad's side when um she passed was passing she said that charles was there charles was her husband Mm -hmm. um and then my my other grandfather kenneth at one point he said his parents were there now he was in the hospital this time so he didn't actually end up passing then oh wow but he said his parents were there they something about they want to take him home or something anyways yeah yeah i think that's so beautiful um because it's it's like they start rallying around you know our family members and one day us to let us know that we're safe it's okay that they'll be there to kind of take our hand and lead us on our you know continued journey because death is not the end you know a lot of people think that we die and it's just darkness and nothing and that could not be further from the truth but everybody seems to report the same thing about deathbed experiences and deathbed visions of family members kind of making their way um, to people's bedside or wherever they are. Um, My guide said that no one dies alone, no matter what their circumstances of passing. There's always someone there in spirit to help them and to lead them into the other side. But a lot of our death experience revolves around the circumstances of our passing, as well as what our views are regarding death. Um, My guides have often said that in cases where people have a near-death experience and they see Jesus, usually it's because they identify religiously with Jesus. Okay. So they said that that's catered to people no matter what their religious belief is. Whether they believe in Buddha, they'll see Buddha. You know, whether they want to just see their family, they'll be surrounded by their family. So I think it's cool that um, it's almost like whatever your vision is of what you're going to experience will be some of your first experiences. My nose keeps getting tickled, and I don't like to sneeze. Sorry, and that just reminds me of spirit guide stuff. I'm like, not now. (laughs) Not now. Um, In the beginning of my mediumship, when I was doing readings, I started noticing, and many mediums will tell you this, they get some of their hardest cases in the very beginning. Um, And when I say hardest spirit or hardest cases, it's like suicides, death, murder, some of the people that have died in some of the worst of circumstances, if you want to look at it like that. Right. Um, That's tough, right, in the beginning. I can't Yeah. Imagine. It's almost like they do that to let you know that you can handle it. Yeah. And then everything else after that is easier. So, um, but in violent deaths, murders, uh, suicides, car accidents, uh, people that are victims of war... Um, I've heard the same statement from these spirits over and over again in terms of the manner of their passing. They'll say, one minute I was standing or I was in my body, you know, fighting this person. And the next minute I was out of my body while my body continued to fight that person. Mm. So when I said, can you elaborate on that? Why, Why was it that you were almost like snatched up out of your body before you died? The way they made me feel is it's almost like this little final courtesy that our family and our loved ones and spirit give us. It's like they take us from those last moments, especially when they're traumatic, so that we don't experience them in, you know, our spirit form. That's so, like, amazing and, like, upsetting at the same time. I know. (laughs) It's like, I know. But I, I was hearing the same thing over and over from people that have lost, you know, family members in really horrible circumstances. They were like... You know, I want to know what my family member thought about in those final moments. I want to know, you know, did they feel pain? And I hear the same thing over and over again. They know what happened to them, but they don't have a memory of the physical sensations of that. 
Yeah. Hmm? I, I just, there's like coldness right here beside me oh. right now. And it keeps hitting me. And that's why I'm like, I'm sitting here like. <laughs> I see some energy around you. It's um, literally like right here. I'm sorry that I keep pulling her off topic. I really don't mean to. But it's like, <laughs> it's like a ball of coldness right here. Okay. That keeps slapping me. And I don't have an air vent near me, just so everyone knows. <laughs> so um, the air vent is all the way over there. It's covered by the beanbag chair. <laughs> oh. Uh, I feel it on my leg right now. Like, it's like somebody keeps... Is it like somebody's tapping on your leg? Maybe. It, but I feel like it's just like it keeps hitting me. Um. Oh. The guys are saying that it's Nona. Okay, listen, it's really cold. <laughs> Tell Nona, thanks for being here. Appreciate you being here. But can you back up about five steps and count the steps with her? If y'all haven't <laughs> heard who Nona is yet, please go back to the Uninvited Dinner Guest episode. Yes. Or our very first Spirits with Spirits episode, and you will find out about her. Anyway, yes, Nona. I need to, like, put a muzzle on so I can stop interrupting, but I'm like, it's really cold right here. <laughs> I think it's Nona. That's the feeling that they're giving me. Um, so anyway, so in violent uh, or traumatic death experiences, again, from what my understanding is, um, they don't carry those final moments and those memories with them. They don't carry the pain with them. I've heard over and over again from spirits that it was like their family and spirit jerked them out of their body before those final moments. Um and they would say, one minute I was in my body fighting, and the next minute I'm standing next to it watching it continue to fight. So again, it's it's almost like this final courtesy that they give us. And I've heard that from people that have died from hangings, uh, car accidents. Um, I crossed over a spirit several years ago who said that he had been hung in the gallows um, years ago, mm. back in the 1800s. Um, and when I asked him, what was your last memory before people stopped talking to you? Because he wasn't aware he had passed away. Um, he said, I was standing on the gallows. They put a hood over my head. And the next thing I know, I was out of my body. That so, is insane. Yeah. So it's like they don't remember those final moments. They take them from us. And I think that's beautiful. Um, but in the moments prior to death for, let's say, someone who uh, died of natural causes... Um, they usually say that they started that process by feeling very cold, maybe even the coldest they ever felt um, in their life. And then the next minute, they're standing next to their body and they feel great. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. They said that one of the first things that stood out for them, and I've heard this consistently, is they couldn't figure out why everyone in the room was so sad. Oh, God. Because they felt so good. See, this makes me sad right now. I'm, like, getting teary out. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> But immediately they said there was a sensation of being with loved ones, um, feeling loved, and being surrounded with unconditional love. And then they also described feeling like this feeling of oneness with everything, from the plants to our family to animals, um, you know, all that good stuff. I didn't know this would have made me so sad. I know. Are you okay? Yeah. Don't mind me over here. Are you okay? Oh, my goodness. Okay. You good? Keep going. Okay. Um, so what, one of the things that they started saying, um, was that many times, uh, they hang around for several days afterwards. 
Um, <laughs> so, are you okay? Yes. <laughs> Missy is crying over here. I'm crying. Oh Sorry. my goodness. Are you okay? Do you want a tissue? No, I'm fine. Okay. I'm just going to keep listening, so just don't mind me. <laughs> okay. If I could tell you, looked at me and went like, oh my God. <laughs> well, I looked over and I was like, well, wait, maybe she doesn't want me to make eye contact with her. <laughs> Look away. Look away. <laughs> Like in bridesmaids? Yes, exactly. That was my reference right there. (laughs) So what they started saying was that um, usually right after their passing, they hang out with us for a couple of days, even in spirit. Um, They hang out with their family. They make sure that their family is going to be okay. Um, They say that usually someone, you know, either a family member in spirit or one of their spirit guides will come up to them. And they said that, there's usually no words exchanged, but there's just an understanding that they know that they've died. Um, because they'll say, you know, I was seeing my parents, and I knew my parents had long been gone. Right. So there's just some sort of, you know, mutual understanding all of a sudden that they know that they've died. Um, some people cross over immediately. You know, they take their, their family member's hand, and they just cross on, on over and go to the other side. But the majority of spirits, from what I understand, hang out for a couple of days. And they even hang out to see their funeral, from what I understand. Yeah, I've heard that a lot. Most of the spirits that I asked, like, how long did you hang out after you passed? They'd say, right up until my funeral, I wanted to see what they were going to do. Oh. Trying to see if they did me what? That's right. Justice, or... That's right. Um, and you might remember, um, you know, we hear this from people a lot who have just lost someone. They'll say, I felt my family member and their energy so strongly right after they passed. And then after a few days, I didn't feel them the same way anymore. And that's usually because they eventually cross over and they go the other side. You know, and a lot of people um, will talk about seeing their loved one right after they pass. Mm-hmm. Now that you say that. And I think even um, Lisa, my stepdaughter, I think she, I think it was after, um, excuse me, Mike's stepdad, Dennis, his funeral, I think she was sleeping on the couch or something, and something weird happened that night with the dog, and I think she thought Dennis was there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She was little then, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That makes it easier, Mm -hmm. too, especially the little ones. They see them so much. Um, so again, there's definitely like almost like this little grace period that we have of a couple of days after our passing to where we can attend to our family. We can make sure that they're good. Um, you know, we can hang out and see our funeral if we want to, but then usually we go on, we cross to the other side. It's time to go. Yes. But once that grace period is up, it's very easy for spirits to get caught on the earth dimension Mm -hmm. instead of crossing over to the other side. My guides have always likened it to if they're so focused still on what's going on in the physical, or maybe they have a lot of guilt or fear tied around dying. Um, a lot of times with organized religion, there's a lot of fear around maybe being judged you know, by God or whether or not you're going to go to hell. So people, because of that fear, will just refuse and stay on the earth plane. Wow. Yeah. But that's got to be lonely, you know? Oh, absolutely. Well, all of a sudden, they said it over and over again. All of a sudden, people weren't talking to me anymore. And I couldn't figure out why. They would ignore me no matter what I did. So, it, yeah, it's very interesting. If anybody has ever seen the movie Ghost... Um, I was just thinking of that. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> if anybody's ever seen the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze, you might remember the part when uh, he's being mugged 
and um, he gets shot by his mugger and continues running after his mugger, not really knowing that he has already passed away. And when he turns back to look at Demi Moore sitting there, this bright light appears over his shoulder, but he refuses to go. That's because he was so focused on Demi Moore. So, and then he hangs out with her, keeps her safe until all of his business was tied up. And then he crosses over at the end of the movie. Oda Mae Brown. Oda Mae Brown. (laughs) (laughs) Molly, you in danger, girl. you in danger, girl. (laughs) But that's very accurate um, in terms of what happens after they, after we die. They say it's so seamless that, you know, like what he did in the movie, he kept writing, you know, running after it and oh, thinking yeah. that he was going to run after this dude and he was really gone. Oh, that movie got me, even as being little, watching that little and I was like, so devastated. <laughs> I don't know, like, I don't know. It's just me, maybe. I know. As a teenager, I think I watched it for the first time, like all the way through as a teenager. Definitely really puts you in the feels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, spirits who stay earthbound after passing often don't know that they've actually passed away. And you know this, uh, just as well as I do in crossing over earthbound spirits. One of the first thing I ask them is what's your final memory? What's the last thing you remember before everybody stopped talking to you? And they'll usually tell me, oh, I was up on this ladder and all of a sudden I fell or I think I fell. And the next moment I'm here, nobody talks to me. Or I was really sick. I had a fever. And the next thing I know, I'm here. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, especially like this earthly business, you know, that people, you know, hold on to so tightly, I feel like. Um, you know, that really keeps people here, I feel like. Um, but in the moments after death and after passing, after we take our family member's hand, we go into what's known as the tunnel. Um, you probably heard of the tunnel described during your death experiences, um, but basically the tunnel is an energetic highway um, or a doorway leading us into the other side. My guides have always given me the analogy regarding the tunnel as it being like an elevator in a hotel, um, and each floor of the hotel is a dimension or a plane of existence, and that elevator is basically the vessel that takes you through these different dimensions Mm. so um i said at the end of the tunnel there's a great white light um usually bigger than anything that people say that they've been able to see on earth um my understanding is this white light is god um i call god spirit but i i've never gotten the impression from spirits that god is in a physical form okay um they've always described it as the most bright light they've ever seen so I, I almost feel like God is an energy okay. more so than a person. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. But if you remember, like, when I asked them, so what is God? They said, we are. Are you okay? No. <laughs> are you okay? I just saw a shadow go across that wall. Okay. As if it was the reflection. So that's why I turned around and I was like, what could that be? It's a ghosties recording day, people. <laughs> I don't, I, see, I don't usually see these things. This is new. Yeah. Sorry, this is a really important topic, and I don't we, like want to be interjecting during this one. Like, couldn't they do it wait later in the, you know, the next one? I think some of your stuff is opening up too. Yeah, like your vision. Mhm. Sorry, you don't have to be afraid. I don't feel anything that's, you know, funky in here. I also, well, I was telling Christina earlier that I saw 
Uh-huh. I woke up last night, a giant black like cloud over my bed mm-hmm. in the middle of the night, and it didn't scare me. It startled me, but it didn't scare me. Anyways, this is not the time. Whoever it is, and things, people, whatever is in here, this is not the time. This is a very sensitive topic, and I would like to get through it without That's being right. startled the whole time. That's right. Yeah, when I looked up, she was like panicked looking around the room. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so anyway, so the impression that spirits have always given me is God is an energy. That's really Um, cool. Yeah. It's not, uh, necessarily male or female. They've always given me the impression that God inhabits both, you know, male and female, you know, from the divine feminine, the divine male. Um, but everything is God, you know, um, they always make me feel like, you know, from like the smallest blade of grass, you know, all the way up to us and more, you know, everything is God. It's all just a little fractal of, you know, God. Um, so anyway, so you enter into this big bright light and, uh, one of the things the spirit started saying that I found odd, you know, when I first started hearing it was they said, I entered this big bright light and the silver cord was severed. And I was like, well, what the heck is a silver cord? And they showed me almost this image of, it almost looks like a baby's umbilical cord that's attached to us at the waist, and it's energetic. And it's what reels us back in at night while we astral travel. So like for anybody who has ever lucidly astral traveled, um, you know, you basically get into this meditative state. And before long, it's almost like you're in a dream, but you can feel yourself leave your body almost. You have this out-of-body experience. And you have almost like this flying sensation, like you're flying around the room. But for anybody who's ever had a dream, like where they feel like they're falling and they jerk awake really fast, um, the guys have said that, or my guides rather, I call them the guys. They say that uh, that's the silver cord. I heard that. (laughs) They say that that's the silver cord reining us back in because they, our spirit knows that we're about to wake up. So that falling sensation is us being quickly reeled back into our bodies. Missy is currently looking at me like... <laughs> I'm listening, sorry. There was a noise that she heard too, so that's why I'm like... Eh. I did, I did. I'm trying to ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so once we enter into that white light, the silver cord is severed, um, keeping us from ever returning back to our physical body that we just had in that most recent life. That's sad. I don't know. But, you know, probably once we get to that point, we'll probably be like, okay. We won't care. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Outside of the tunnel is the meadow. They say that I stepped out of this tunnel and all of a sudden I was in front of this huge meadow of wildflowers. My own grandmother even talked about seeing flowers right before she passed. She kept saying, I... I see some of the most beautiful flowers. Look at the beautiful flowers. Yeah. Um, So beyond the meadow, uh, we usually reunite with our family members. They're usually waiting for us um, so that we can have a, you know, uh, a party, you know. Yeah, reunion, you know, whatever we want. Um, And they're usually, you know, waiting for us. And they say that, you know, the stuff that they loved in life is the same thing that they do, you know, during that reunion, you know, your favorite foods, even though you don't have a need to eat anymore, it might be something that they create over on the other side just to make you feel comfortable. Um, 
you know, whatever games you love to play. I hear spirits say all the time, uh, we still fish and, you know, walk through nature here, you know, all of the stuff that they loved. Um, I've never heard a spirit say though that there's any sort of like, you know, drugs or cigarettes or anything like that. I'll see them holding something like that, but it seems more so like they do it in remembrance rather than for the physical sensations of that. Yeah. Um, if it was, you know, a habit for them in life, they probably still do it over there, but it's not for the same reasons, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, so usually after we get out of the meadow, we reunite with our family. If we passed in a sudden or traumatic way, um, or maybe we suffer from a long-term illness, we're given the option to go to the healing place, which has always been described to me as almost looking like a hospital of sorts, but without the scariness of hospitals. They usually say, I went in, I laid down and I went to sleep for a long time. And then I woke up and I felt much better than I did when I went to sleep. Hmm. So it's like it recalibrates them almost energetically. Um, you know, taking those memories that were really difficult for them. You know, if they died in a traumatic way, usually they, you know, take the rest of that from them during this time. And then after this, we go to do our life review. And anybody who's ever been in church probably thinks about this and thinks about it with dread because they think about all the stuff that they may or may not have done that was wrong in life that they're going to have to, you know, quote, face the music over. Um, and it's not that way at all. There is no God sitting on a throne waiting to go down a list and tell you all the stuff that you messed up or did wrong. Um, my guide said that they gave me this visual. It's almost like you go and sit in a room with your spirit family um, and you look at this screen that plays every moment of your life. Oh, wow. From start to finish. And when I said that has to take forever, I said there is no time. Time is something that you made up over here. Everything is happening now over here. So what may be a year for you over there is just a blink for us over here. So, oh, wow. Yeah, there is no time. They said that we judge ourselves um, during this process. We see the good things that we did. We see the bad things that we did. And during that process, we feel the pain that we inflicted on other people. We oh have to feel gosh. it so that we can understand our part that we played. But they've also said at the same time that this is occurring, you can see from an energetic perspective, say you said something mean to someone as a kid. They've said that they know from the spirit side that that reaction is due to a learned behavior from a parent. You know, so say you had an abusive childhood and you perpetuated that abuse in your adulthood. Um, they know from the spirit side that that's karma that your parents owe because they taught you that behavior, not you. Mm. So it's crazy. It's, you know, I'm still wrapping my, my yeah. brain around this, but it's, they know on that side that this isn't something that they just came up with on their own. Yeah. This was because of this. Um, so yeah, so when I learned that part, it gave me a lot of, um, I would say, comfort just from, you know, growing up in a religious house and everything. Um, but that's the other thing. We'll probably have to do a separate episode about this um, regarding karma. Because I don't think karma is what we think it is. Okay. I don't think karma is, you know, this vindictive a-hole 
that's waiting to jump out of the bushes and smack us over the head because we pissed somebody off like five years ago, you know? Right. I think karma is about learning and I think karma is about lessons that we have, you know, for ourselves that we've decided we're going to learn in these different lifetimes. Um, I, I think basically it's about learning and attaining knowledge. Um, I don't think that karma is vindictive. Um, you know, we, from this side, you know, where negative things happen, because there is no negative over there. It's all just consciousness over there for them and learning. Right. So, um, you know, for them, they can see where, you know, during the life review and they're going through, you know, the different things that, you know, you may or may not have done wrong. They can say from that side, okay, can we settle this, you know, karmic debt? over here on the spirit side or can we do we have to do this again do you need to repeat this class basically so think of karma as you know repeating patterns in your life that give you the opportunity to learn um and for example if you've ever had something really crappy happen to you but over and over again you know these people that you know say oh are you okay it's him oh it's him you're fine you're good. But you know when people will say, you know, oh, I'm, I just never pick the right men. Oh, I'm yeah, always, yeah. I'm always picking the wrong men. And that cycle for them, com- you know, it continues and repeats over and over and over again. And from, you know, someone that's looking in, you can say, wait a minute, you know, you got to change, you know, how you look at men or, you know, what you want in a partner. But for that person, it's a lesson, a lesson that they haven't learned yet. And that's why it's repeating in their life. Mine's car trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you can have, there are some people in my life that will tell you I have the worst luck with cars anyways. So I don't yeah. know what another life I did. <laughs> I hit somebody with a car or something. and Yeah. But to me, karma, are, karma is lessons that we haven't learned yet. And those lessons will get louder with time until we learn them. So pay attention to the cycles in your life that continue. Um... Usually after uh, they've completed their life review, um, usually they start talking within their family and soul circle um, that, you know, they start going over what karmic debts need to be completed. You know, maybe this needs to be redone again. Um, They've always described it as like, think of your life before you're born as being the star of a play like a you know an actual play and you're the star of your play you write your script you know the full script to your play you cast and pick all of your characters so you cast all of the people in your life from our parents to our love interests to our friends even the not so great ones and from my understanding we do this because maybe we didn't learn a lesson the last time we interacted with these people maybe in a past life um, so we're back to try and redo this lesson again. We've just recast them in a different character, basically. So somebody that you may not have gotten along with in your previous life might be your parent in this one. You're trying again to see if you can get it right, basically. And that is if you believe in reincarnation. From what I learned, I do believe that we reincarnate. How many times? It's all dependent on what you know, you're coming here to learn about. Some people say that they can come here once and they're done. I personally don't want to come here again. <laughs> but they always say, you know, once we get on the other side, we want to keep learning. So we continue to come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want to come back again. 
<laughs> but like you don't really know that you came back until you mm-hmm. die, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then you know. Mm-hmm. So they say that when we are born, we pass through the veil of forgetfulness because we forget who we are, you know, and how powerful we are. We forget, you know, the lessons that we're gonna learn. We forget, you know, all this hard stuff that we're about to face. Except for those little kids that are like, "Hey, I used to be mm-hmm. a movie star in my." Isn't that crazy? Yeah, we'll have to do that on another episode. I think that would yeah. be a really good other episode. Yeah. But yeah, they usually say after they've gone through their life chart and figured out what karmic debts need to be paid back, either by reincarnating again, or uh, by settling those things on the spirit side. Usually after that, they go and hang out with their family and just chill out until their next incarnation. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. The way they've described it is almost like, um, almost like it looks like a lake resort in a certain part of the other side. Yeah. Um, they've said that there's like this little body of water in the center and houses down the sides. And usually that's where family goes to congregate and be with one another. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. They also say um, that anything you want, you can manifest just instantly. Say so we have a hard time manifesting here because we're in the physical. But there, you want it, you think it, and it's there. Well, we need to figure out, I mean, how I want to know how to manifest better in general. So oh, me too. Show me your ways, <laughs> except I want to be on the physical. Mm-hmm. I know. I know, right? Don't tell me I have to die first because I'm not really. <laughs> I'll just be miserable. <laughs> yeah, so that's um, that's pretty much my understanding so far of what happens when we die. Um, I think also that we travel in uh, like family or soul circles. Um, I don't think that when grandma passes away, grandma immediately goes into another incarnation because they all started saying pretty similarly, we wait until everyone is back like everyone in their family circle because how else would you go through what karma had been paid back or you know did we learn this lesson did we not how would you do that without that person being back on the spirit side but does it ultimately have to end with somebody not procreating again or it could because what i mean they're it very well could be like um, the whole i won't say the whole most of my dad's side of the family, like the grandchildren, have none of us have had children, except for one cousin. I oh wow! Yeah. yeah, my cousin Travis has had kids, but the rest of us have not. So it's interesting. That it's is like, very interesting. are we tying up a family that, soul circle? Yeah. Go back. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd love to get some statistics on that. Like, how many families out there don't have kids? You know. Like, mm-hmm. I know. I know, it's very interesting. I've thought about that because, you know, most of my dad's side, the grandkids have not had children. Travis has, but the rest of us haven't. So it's always always made me wonder, like, okay, are we tying this up so that everybody goes back home, you know, when it's our time? Yeah. I don't know. So that's my... That's my info today, guys, about what happens when we die. That was really sad and really, like, beautiful at the same time, you know? The biggest thing that they say is, it's not scary. There is no scary God up here. There is no hell. Um, Now, and before we end uh, the episode, I should probably say also, because some people are probably thinking, well, what happens to really bad people? Like, what happens to child molesters? What happens to murderers um 
And they have said that there are people in this life that have absolutely no soul. That they come into this life and they're just a shell. And from the way that they've given me the analogy, when they pass or, you know, whatever ends up happening to them, when they pass, they immediately go back into utero. Mm. Yeah, they don't stay on the other side because they haven't evolved to that point of having consciousness to where you know, I can't hurt people. You know, when you physically hurt people, it hinders their growth and hinders them from growing forward. And I think that, you know, people that purposefully hurt people, you know, it's different if you're in some circumstance where you are forced to defend yourself and you end up killing somebody, you know, that's different. But people that actively make their life to be inflicting pain and hurting people, they go right back into utero. They said they just go back. They keep going through that door until they learn. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I have questions, but I don't even know how to articulate them, so I'm not. I know. That's the same try. way. Yeah. And I'm still learning. You know, there's still stuff that. I'm sure that I will continue to learn, but that's been the most consistent of information as to what happens after we pass. Mm-hmm. Now can we address the spirits in the room? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Or whatever's. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I felt so bad. I'm like, I don't want to interrupt this one. This is a good one. And then it was just like... <laughs> oh, I saw your face. Listen. Your face were like, what was happening? Listen. It was like a whole... And I'm like, is that a reflection from outside? And then the coldness, I'm like, I feel like somebody's legit, like, sitting on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just things, yeah. Mm-hmm. And now I'm stuffy from crying, so. <laughs> welcome thing. back. Thing. Welcome back. Baby Missy. That's, that's more like it. You guys missed me sounding like this? Here it is. <laughs> stuffy again. Um, All right, guys. Well, this was today's episode. Yes. And... Please, uh, some of you have been, I can't even speak right now. Some of you have been um, giving us ideas of different episodes you'd like us to do. We love new ideas because we're always, you know, we come up with content just sitting here having conversations, but it's nice to talk about something someone else wants to hear Mm -hmm. because we don't want to beat you over the head with 87 different UFO, you know, episodes if you don't want to listen to it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, tell us what you want to hear. Email us as always mm-hmm. um, at the ghost podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We are on Facebook, Instagram, we have YouTube, we even have a cute little Pinterest page now. I know, you did so um, good. Yeah, and we have, if you go to any of our um, social media pages, you'll find our link tree that has all of our links to everything. Mm-hmm. And you can find us and reach out to us, shout out to us. We're working on another Spirits with Spirit yeah. live in a few weeks here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. Cool. Holler at us. All right. Bye, Bye. y'all. Bye.